the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Uh, today, we've had a national tragedy. Uh, two airplanes have crashed into the World Trade Center in an apparent terrorist attack on our country. I have spoken to the Vice President, to the Governor of New York, to the Director of the FBI, and have ordered that the full resources of the federal government go to help the victims and their families and, the, and to conduct a full-scale investigation to hunt down and to find those folks who committed this act. Terrorism against our nation will not stand. And now if you join me in a moment of silence. May God bless the victims, their families, and America. Thank you very much. Well, good afternoon. Of course, that's George Bush on this day, 17 years ago today, September 11th, 2001. And of course, if you were alive in that day, of that day, you were old enough to remember the horror of that day. I mean, the absolute unbelievable. I mean, how could this even happen? That so few men, six men, could create such carnage. Like you, I've uh, tuned into different media throughout uh, yesterday and today, curious about the coverage. And you know, 17 years after the fact, it's a long time, isn't it? I've got a boy, I've got a son who's 18, of course, he doesn't remember the day. But 17 years have gone by, and to think about those families still mourning their loved ones, all those almost 3,000 people killed at the World Trade Center, and... uh Shanksville here, not too far from Western Pennsylvania, the Pentagon as well. All those people, all those families, uh, the husbands and the wives, the brothers and sisters, the cousins, all those, those dear souls will never come home again. And how much America has changed. I mean, we are essentially a very, a deeply different country, are we not? How the... How 9-11 has changed us is just, it's shocking in many ways. The small niggling things, the things that you go, it's just an inconvenience. It's a pain in the butt, quite honestly, to go to airport security, to take your shoes off and to take your belt off. I mean, you all know all that. But there's many ways, deeply in the psychological fabric of what those attacks did to us, that changed us forever. And, of course, the ongoing war in Afghanistan. They call them the endless wars. They just go on and on and on. All those lives, all those hundreds and hundreds, of not billions of dollars spent on propping up countries in the Middle East to try to get them to, what, embrace democracy or to at least rid themselves of the thorns of poor leadership. All that. How do you feel today? 
How does this sit in, in, in your world today? You know, September 11th is sort of like, at least for me, it's kind of like Christmas in reverse. You know how you look forward to Christmas? I can't wait for Christmas Day to come. Love Christmas. But when you look on your calendar and you go, oh, yeah, we're close to September 11th, I have such deep, strong, mixed emotions. I'm sure you do as well on how you feel about this day. In many ways, I despise this day. <sighs> despise it. But you also have to love it and embrace it. It's absolutely beautiful. The commemorations, the, the love, <laughs> the, the memory. I think, I think the big thing, for at least for me, is to, the call to not take things for granted. Those that we love, especially, you know, my, <laughs> my 18 year old was walking out the door today, kind of sullen and a little backwards as 18 year olds get, but boy, do I love that boy. Shoo, boy. And my wife, as she steps away, I love her so much. I think that's probably, I think for a lot of us, when you hear those phone calls of the people on board the planes and they're saying goodbye, you think, Oh, Lord, don't ever, please, Lord, keep me from that. But I certainly appreciate that. How we love those who love us. The world has changed, hasn't it? I, 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 I think about my parents, you know, that greatest generation, and uh, December 7th, 1941, and of course, again, a shock, a shock that Pearl Harbor for a lot of Americans, you know, Pearl Harbor, people would turn on the radio, I know, and go, what, what's Pearl Harbor? And Hawaii was not yet a state, but it still was essentially American territorial soil. And Americans were killed, slaughtered on that December 7th. That's what our September 11th is. It's Pearl Harbor, Pearl Harbor 2.0. Here we are again. 17 years later. And uh, you, do you see any end in sight in this? Will this war on terror, that so-called war on terror, is that going to be the endless war? Will that define us? I was listening to, um, to a podcast the other day with Elon Musk. You know this, Elon Musk. You know, he's a SpaceX inventor, businessman, entrepreneur, the Tesla, the motor car. And in this conversation, this long-ranging conversation, Elon Musk sort of stumbled upon a tributary about evil, and he mused about evil. And is, is there really evil in this world? And what is the engine of evil? Does evil exist? Of course, you know, as a believer <laughs> and as a Bible reader, we as Christians, we know the certainty. Do you not know the certainty of evil? I, I see it in my own life. Many times I, I look over my shoulder and think, John, what, what have you done? What have you said? What are you doing? Surrounded by evil. And there are people in this world, and there, I'm, I'm sure there are Christians in this world. Holy smoke, somebody joined us on the air not that long ago. I do now I remember this. And talked about she was a believer and said, well, I don't think evil exists in this world. I don't believe in evil. <laughs> well, whether you believe in it or not, evil is a reality. 
the devil, the prince of darkness, old scratch. Clearly, the devil is with us. That's why Christ came into this world. One of them chief, if not the chief reason to eradicate ourselves from our sins that the devil holds close to us. Yes, he does. So on this day, 17 years ago, don't you think the devil was strutting ever so proudly through the streets of Manhattan and across America? 17 years ago. 17 years ago, I was uh, in a hotel room in Beijing. And I came into the evening hours. We were out with a group of people, and I turned on the TV set. And I think the only English-speaking station that you could get on that television at that time, which I knew ahead of time, was CNN International. So you wanted to hear English speakers? You went to CNN. And I turned on CNN. It was probably late, like 9 o'clock at night, I think, somewhere around that ballpark. And saw international, the international feed of downtown Manhattan, essentially on fire. And having lived in New York City, I had a real love-hate relationship with the World Trade Center. You know, when they built the World Trade Center, it was, um, they essentially, like people did back, especially in the late 50s and early 60s, World Trade Center, you know, even, you know, while they were building, it was late 60s. But they essentially plowed down neighborhoods. They plowed down a neighborhood in Manhattan to build that thing. I mean, how many thousands of people were, you know, lost their livelihoods, their place of business, and or their homes? So it was kind of weird. You would walk down Broadway, and, you know, there were all these little storefronts and whatnot. And then all of a sudden, you would come upon the World Trade Center, and there were these massive plazas, gigantic plazas of steel and concrete. They were completely and totally out of place. They were. It was as if some, you know, spaceship had landed in downtown Manhattan and made this footprint. It was totally out of place. But at the same time, because it was so gigantic, it was also beautiful in this brutal way. It was brutalism. I don't... The architecture of brutalism, you know what that's like. You've seen, you know, the, this concrete. You know, you look at the uh, University of Pittsburgh. That is brutalism as far as the architectural style. Well, this was – the World Trade Center was essentially brutalism on steroids. It had nothing to do with the neighborhood. It was its own neighborhood, if you could even say that. So it was ugly to me. I never really liked the build. It was not warm. It was not inviting. But as an economic engine in that part of the city, clearly you couldn't, you can't argue with that. But to see that, to be in a hotel room in Beijing and to see that, the World Trade Center, the place that I had walked by hundreds, if not thousands of times, on fire and people leaping off the buildings. How horrible is that? 102 stories, 103 stories up, and the flames and the smoke were too much to bear anymore. So people leapt and they fell. They tumbled out of control, and in the count of ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one, they hit. And they disintegrated. Horrible, evil, truly evil. To see that live on television like all of us did? I mean, what a spectacle. 
So today we'll talk about that. We'll talk about evil. We'll remember. And perhaps at some point during these uh, two hours, we'll open the phones as well. Stay with us. It's the Ride Home with John and Kathy. Kath is off today, but I'm happy that you're with us. This September 11th, we remember their names, their faces, their lives. Secretaries, businessmen and women, military and federal workers, moms and dads, friends and neighbors, the best of America. No one will keep that light from shining. Remembering September 11th, 101.5 WORD. One station under God. One nation under God. Indivisible with liberty justice for all. Marley Financial has done it again. These guys are just fantastic. This is Kathy Emmons. Many of you know or have worked with our friend Todd Marley at Marley Financial, and you know they were the first and still the best option for individual health insurance, providing both traditional and non-Obamacare plans. But now they're also offering the best group health plans in the nation, with typical savings of up to 40%. Small, medium, and even large groups, Marley's got you covered, giving you and your employees access to national Networks where you can go to any hospital, Highmark, UPMC, Mayo Clinic, or even Johns Hopkins. Marley gives you the power to choose what's best for you and your employees, whether they're W-2 or 1099 subcontractors, without the usual headaches of things like minimum participation or employer contributions. Call Marley Financial now, 724-884-1496. That's 724-884-1496. And find out what it's like to work with the most innovative agency in Pennsylvania. 724-884-1496 at MarleyFG.com. The Pittsburgh North Regional Chamber, along with St. Barnabas Health System, proudly presents the next session in their educational series, Innovation Pittsburgh, Friday, September 21st from 8 to 11.30 a.m. at the Washington Place of St. Barnabas Health System in Gibsonia. Join host former Allegheny County Executive James Roddy and explore what great opportunities are in store for America's most livable city, featuring a panel of the region's leading entrepreneurial experts. For tickets and information, Visit pghnorthchamber.com. A Chicago sewer worker said, I dig the ditch to earn the money, to buy the bread, to get the strength to dig the ditch. Do you desire something more in your life? Hi, I'm Robert Jefferson. In my new book, Choosing the Extraordinary Life, I want to share with you God's seven secrets for leading a life of success and significance. Discover your real purpose for living in Choosing the Extraordinary Life. Choosing the Extraordinary Life is available wherever books or ebooks are sold. She just made me feel so comfortable, and I've been going to her ever since. After avoiding the dentist for years, an emergency led Pamela to Dr. Megan Stock. She made me feel very much at ease. She didn't make me feel shameful about the condition of my teeth, and she was just very easy to talk to. She not only found a dentist, she found a friend. I am confident that when I'm finished, that I'm going to have a bright, beautiful smile, which I really wanted to have for a long time. Perry Highway in Wexford at StockFamilyDentistry.com. Hey, thanks for being with us on this September 11th. Tom Saleo is with us. Tom is the senior editor of The Stream. It's a website that we use and love often. Tom is a recipient of the Marine Corps Heritage Foundation's General O.P. Smith Award for Distinguished Reporting. He is the author or co-author of Eight Seconds of Courage, 
fire in my eyes and brothers forever. And uh, he wrote a piece on the stream today. It's called Remembering 9-11, The Sacrifices Never Stopped. Tom, welcome to the show. How are you today? I'm doing great, John. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, my pleasure. Thank you, Tom. Uh, how have you spent your day? Uh, has it been um, a, a typical September 11th? Well, uh, you know, I try to always pause on September 11th to remember the victims, their families, the first responders, and, of course, the many thousands of uh, service members and military families who sacrificed since. So I uh, always try to make uh, everything I do career-wise about them and about honoring them. And, of course, there's no uh, more fitting day to do that than 9-11. Amen to that. So, you know, in your piece that you wrote on the stream today, you, you, you highlight a, a different couple of guys. And you talk about an Army veteran, uh, Rick Rasorla. I'm, I'm sure I'm not pronouncing his name right. Can you tell us that story, Tom? Sure. Rick Rascorla was an Army veteran who served in Vietnam, and about seven years ago, I had the honor of speaking with his uh, wife, Susan, and Rick was uh, working in corporate security at Morgan Stanley in the South Tower of the World Trade Center on the morning of September 11th, and uh, for many years, he had been warning of an attack on the World Trade Center using planes. There's actually a very uh, interesting History Channel documentary called The Man Who Predicted 9-11. And when uh, the first plane hit the North Tower, uh, the employees were actually ordered to, to stay in the building, but uh, Mr. Rascorla did not wait. He uh, started evacuating 2,700 Morgan Stanley employees, got almost every single one out of, uh, of that tower while it was actually being hit by the second plane. Wow. And the last he was seen uh, was going back into the building, the burning building by that point, uh, to look for more survivors. So obviously both a military hero and an American hero for what he did on September 11th. And, and I think that story sort of clearly crystallizes 9-11 for most Americans, right? I mean, people, regular people who are called to an act of service or heroism in the moment – unexpected, but they did their best to help those people who could not help themselves. Absolutely, and and I think that's where it started, of course, with Rick Rascorla, with the heroic passengers of uh, United Flight 93 and all the first responders at the World Trade Center and Pentagon. And kind of the reason I wrote the column was, uh, and, you know, I've worked on, on many columns and, and books over the last decade, is to highlight the fact that it started that day on September 11th, and it continues up to this very moment. 17 straight years, our military and our military families have been serving, even while some are not paying attention anymore to what they're doing in Afghanistan and elsewhere. They're shouldering the heaviest burdens and have been for the last 17 years. Yeah. So a lot of people, of course, this is a good day of remembrance, but we, we've reached the point after 17 years, Tom, that you think, okay, well, I think probably for like um, like uh, Pearl Harbor Day, December 7th, 1941, you know, that generation, you know, my dad was part of that. I'm sure you know people who were part of that. You know, they, they sort of reached the point where they were no longer looking back so much as looking forward. So on this day, on September 11th, 2018, I mean, what does it mean to us today? You know, the, the endless war that goes on in Afghanistan how do you view September 11th looking forward? Well, I think we have to remember it. Uh, actually, I'm going to quote um, 
with Rescorla's widow directly. She said that um, that she does not view the World Trade Center Ground Zero as a killing field. She views it as the place where this war began. And even though it can be hard to continue paying attention and to keep the focus on Afghanistan and other post-9-11 battlefields, those conflicts continue right now at this moment. Right now, there are soldiers, sailors, airmen, and Marines in Afghanistan risking their lives who were toddlers on 9-11. And there was a a U.S. service member, actually two, uh, killed last week in uh, in Afghanistan. Actually, it was earlier this month, uh, early in the month. So, you know, I think as Americans, we, we have that point, 9-11, as you, as you mentioned. That's a date that we all remember if we were old enough at the time. But, uh, you know, it's very important that we stay engaged with the sacrifices that are still being made for us, no matter how we feel about whether the conflict should still be going, about the political ramifications. It's our duty as Americans to uh, recognize that sacrifice and stay engaged and pray for our troops and their families. Yes, yes. And it goes beyond when you see a serviceman, because most Americans are not around someone in the military unless you're somewhere in an airport or you you bump into someone. You know, it goes beyond thank you for your service. I mean, there's a lot more that's said, a lot more that's necessary beyond thank you for your service. Absolutely. There's no question about it. And uh, I think all of us need to think about not just what the soldier, sailor, airman, or marine is sacrificing, but what his or her family is sacrificing. For the last decade, I've been speaking with um, a lot of families of fallen service members, and for them, 9-11 and the wars that followed, they will will never end. Um, they, They deal with it every single day, every single moment of every single day. There are children who haven't met their parents because of these wars and because, of course, of what happened on September 11th. And, and you're right. Thank you for your service. It is important. And I do think we need to say that. And I do think that it means something when you shake the hand of uh, someone in an airport, for instance, and sure. thank them. But it does go a lot deeper than that, as you pointed out. Well, Tom, thank you. Thank you for being with us here today. Uh, Tom Saleo, senior editor of Stream, he wrote a piece called Remembering 9-11, The Sacrifices Never Stopped. And, and that's true, right? I mean, you to think about this day, it goes well beyond thank you for your service. And uh, all those men and women, the hundreds of thousands, if not a million or more, who are deployed around this world, keeping you and I safe. We don't think about it, but it's important, to, you know, especially a day like today. We look back and you think, oh, yeah, 17 years, holy smokes. What were you doing on that day? Everyone's got a story, right? Everyone has a story of where they were, and they're happy to tell that story. And it's important to tell that story. It's necessary. But as a country and as individuals, where do we move on from this day what does 2020 look like or 2030 or 2050? What will this country be as a response to that day, September 11th, 2001? We'll take a break. Stick around. It's the ride home with John and Kathy. Back in a few. It's a day of hope with Food for the Poor on Word FM. 
I work at Food for the Poor because I believe that God has not forgotten nor forsaken the poor. Rather, He specifically instructed you and I to do good and share our blessings with those in need. And sharing my gifts and talents with the poor is to me the ultimate show of gratitude towards God for all that He has done. It's also the most practical means of reminding those who are crying out to God. In their desperation, that God sees them, He hears them, and that He loves them. He loves them enough to use me as an instrument to show that love. I am Cassandra Celestin. I work in the special events department, and I am food for the poor. Would you save kids now? Just call 855-828-4673, 855-828-4673, or give online at wordfm.com. Great experiences are meant to be shared. How about the experience of a great night's sleep? This is John Hall, and I've been sharing with you about my pillow for a long time. It's truly the most comfortable pillow I've ever owned. It's machine washable, dryable, never loses its shape, and it gives me the support I need no matter what position I'm in. And it comes with Mike Lindell's famous 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. Once you experience my pillow, I'm sure that you'll love it too. And you're going to want to share that great experience with somebody else, which is great because right now you can get two my pillows for the price of one with Mike's buy one get one free deal. Just call 1-800-961-9207. Mention the promo code word to start enjoying the best sleep of your life or type it in when you visit mypillow.com. So don't delay. That's 1-800-961-9207. Or visit MyPillow.com. Use the promo code WORD. The Pittsburgh North Regional Chamber, along with St. Barnabas Health System, proudly presents the next session in their educational series, Innovation Pittsburgh. Friday, September 21st from 8 to 11.30 a.m. at the Washington Place of St. Barnabas Health System in Gibsonia. Join host former Allegheny County Executive James Roddy and explore what great opportunities are in store for America's most livable City, featuring a panel of the region's leading entrepreneurial experts. For tickets and information, visit pghnorthchamber.com. Get smarter every day at ozzy.com. Try a new news site that tells you about the most interesting people, places, and ideas. Discover the next Obama, or maybe the next LeBron James. Try ozy.com right now. Ozzy, it's like a latte for your mind. Get some. Mostly cloudy tonight, nothing more than a passing sprinkle, low 62. Tomorrow, mostly cloudy but warmer, a shower in spots, high 79. Tomorrow night, patchy clouds with areas of fog developing, low 68. Thursday, patchy morning fog, otherwise mostly cloudy and humid with a brief shower and a high of 82. I'm AccuWeather meteorologist Bill Skladenkis on 101.5 Word FM. So how have we changed as a society or individually since 9-11? A lot of different ways. I mean, in many ways, we are unrecognizable to what we were on September 10th, 2001. I mean, that we talked about this earlier a couple of times, about the continued presence of the United States military, uh, in, especially in Afghanistan. I mean, the war has been going on in Afghanistan. I think we started to bomb Afghanistan the following month, early on in October of 2001 because we thought the Afghans were were holding Osama bin Laden. Um, 
President Bush started to bomb Afghanistan, and the Taliban-run run government refused to give up Osama bin Laden. So we've been bombing and bombing and bombing. And by November of 2001, a number of countries, the United States, the U.K., they formed uh, what was called the, the, the Northern Alliance, and they had taken control of Kabul. But almost two decades later, the United States still has troops stationed in the country working to help the government rebuild itself. But I'm not sure I have the confidence that Afghanistan will ever do that. I mean, all you have to do is look at the Russians. I mean, heck, the Russians were like us. They were a continued presence in Afghanistan for decades. And they didn't move that country an inch forward or influence it in many positive ways. Just recently, President Trump's announced that in, um, uh, he would re- increase the number of troops in Afghanistan from 3,000 to 14,000. So we continue on in Afghanistan. How about airport security? That certainly has changed. We talked about that a little earlier as well. I mean, holy smokes. Airport security, I think it's good. It's a, it's a minor inconvenience for us, but that is certainly different. How about the uh, the Department of Homeland Security? That was created as a response to September 11, 2001, and rightfully so. I feel a lot better knowing that that's a cabinet position. The Department of Homeland Security is responsible for anti-terrorism tasks, as well as national security, disaster prevention. I mean, Tom Ridge, right, former governor of PA. He was the man, the first man out who held, who led the Department of Homeland Security. And, of course, security outside of airports. Look. You're walking into a Steeler game or a Pirate game. You know the security. I mean, it's not exactly the best security, but, you know, they're keeping people from walking with bombs. I believe that. There's also been an increase in deportations. That's part of this. I know that is. And say what you will about ICE. Uh, people want to criticize immigration. I don't believe it's uh, – I mean, I believe it's, it's a good thing. I do not believe it's necessarily a negative thing that's impacted America. I think it's a good thing. We take care of our own first. Also, when you look at how things have changed since September 11th, how about the vocabulary changes? Um, the phrase war on terror. That was never part of us before. War on terror. The access of evil. The access of evil. A terror alert. All those were directly from 9-11. And, of course, the uh, ubiquitous, deeply um, purging increase in surveillance. I mean, holy smokes. We are surrounded now by cameras. And I think that's a direct result. We knew it was coming, but I think it just sped itself up even more so. It changed the way we got our news. Don't you think so? Um, most people, unless you were like a true news hound, you really didn't pay a whole lot of attention to what was going on overseas. We kind of like, you know, took care of ourselves here, looked at our own backyard, and really didn't worry about the rest of the world. Now, I think a lot of people are very serious about looking at international news, and and they finally should. And I think the big thing, and I miss this, being away, being out of the country right after 9-11, this huge spike in patriotism, huge spike. Now, that's waned, certainly. All you've got to look at is the NFL situation and the whole conversation around that. But there was a gigantic spike in patriotism. So, 9-11, certainly it has changed us. It's fascinating to think the actions of just a few, just a few. I mean, how many people were on the inside of planning and executing 
this attack? Not that many. Certainly, what, a hundred, maybe? Not that many. And look at the impact that it's made in this world. Hey, let's take a break. We're going to switch gears here in a little bit, and we're going to talk about dementia, Alzheimer's, and the theater. Darren Elliker joins us about a production at the New Hazlet Theater that premieres this Friday, uh, this Saturday. It's called The Father. Stick around for that. It's The Ride Home with John and Kathy. WORD. Seems like it was yesterday. September 11th, a national day of remembrance. You forgot about September 11th? A day we called upon God. America today is on bended knee in prayer for the people whose lives were lost here as we mourn the loss of thousands of our citizens. Remembering September 11th, 2001. 101.5 WORD. In God We Trust. Most executors don't want the job, quite frankly. Attorney Michelle Conti, host of Conti's Law, on the importance of proper estate administration. There's a lot of steps that go into settling an estate, and if they don't get it right, not knowing the law isn't a defense to why you didn't do it correctly in the first place. When you pass without appropriate planning, it can be very costly. We see more fractions within families when death and money are involved. If you don't plan appropriately, it's very common. Siblings don't speak anymore. We act as the mediator for that executor to understand the law. We sit down and go through what probate looks like. Once we go through those steps, we'll assist with getting all of the legal documents, getting you sworn in with the local court, and starting that probate process. And then we will act as the mediator with the beneficiaries and the executor. Hear more on Conti's Law, Saturday. Saturday morning at 9 on WORD. For immediate help, visit ContiLawPGH.com. So the only thing really keeping you from enrolling your children in Christian school is sports? Trinity Christian School answers that concern with boys' soccer, girls' volleyball, and track for boys and girls. A well-rounded Christian education with the sports opportunities you want Now that sounds really good. Trinity Christian School, ranked among the top K-12 schools in Allegheny County. 412-242-8886. Coming to theater September 14th, Unbroken, Path to Redemption. Witness the next chapter. I just thought I'd be able to forget everything. Of the unbelievable true story. Tonight, there's a drowning man just looking for some type of hope for the future. But there's a lifeline. Just reach out. Unbroken. Path to Redemption. Rated PG-13. May be inappropriate for children under 13. In theaters September 14th. For theaters and tickets, go to unbrokenfilm.com. If you had to replace everything in your fridge today, how much would it cost? For a restaurant or church, that could mean thousands in lost product and downtime. That's when you call Ventec Refrigeration. When your walk-in goes down, Ventec can be there in less than two hours with portable units to save valuable product. And they'll even move it for you while repairs are made with flat rate pricing instead of hourly fees. A-plus rated with the Better Business Bureau. Keep your cool with Ventec Refrigeration. 412-793-0661. The Landing is one of the newest and hottest places for families. Owned and operated by Impact Christian Church, the Landing Community Center in Moon Township is absolutely free no membership needed with an indoor turf field gymnasium kids play area meeting rooms and great food at our cafe we have something for everyone give your kids a play day without hurting your wallet this is our gift
to you. And we have great rates for your private rental needs. Check us out online at impactthelanding.com. There's been a, a lot of talk lately about dementia or Alzheimer's. And there is a delineation between the two. I don't know if you know that, but there is. Uh, so much so, this conversation about this disease that has overtaken a generation. It's a, a fearful thing if you're of a certain age to think, will that happen to my parents or will that happen to me? Especially when you see a loved one suffer through this. It's made its way into, uh, of course, popular culture with movies and uh, plays and such is the case with a brand new play that premieres this Saturday evening. It's a Pittsburgh premiere. The play is called The Father. Here to talk to us about that is Darren Elliker. Darren is, um, uh, full disclosure, the uh, program, the production director here uh, at Word FM. He's also an excellent actor and voice talent here in the city. Darren, my friend, good to see you. Hey, good to see you too, John. Thank Thanks you. for having me on. Yeah, pleasure. So uh, talk about this. Uh, the idea of um, Alzheimer's or dementia, especially on stage, that has to be a very perilous dangerous sort of dip in the dramatic uh, pool. Yeah, except what's so interesting about how this play is constructed, um, it it really is designed to allow the audience to sort of experience what it may be like. It's not just a play about the subject of the disease. It's something that, you know, you witness the main character going through these different uh, scenes. It's it's a short play. It's 100 minutes uh, long or thereabouts, 15 scenes told back to back in one uh, dense act. Uh, and as the, the the convention allows the audience to sort of experience from his perspective what it might be as characters come and go and scenes are not told always in linear order or fashion, or you might see the tail end of a scene before a dramatic event, and then all of a sudden you might find out uh, you might then begin the scene at the beginning and then work your way to find out and discover how you got to that point at the end. Sometimes characters come and go, and somebody who identified as one character to Andre, who is the father, uh, in one scene, all of a sudden there's somebody else new who is identifying as that very same character. So you, as the audience member, are acting as detective in some ways – you yourself have Alzheimer's or you're trying to pick up the thread it's, because there's not something that's, lin- like you say, linear. Yeah, it's designed to create, in a way, Confusion? for the audience, that sense of disorientation that somebody who's going through that must experience. And and it's called a, a tragic farce. Um, and that's because, uh, if I can read this little statement from this guy named Scott Taylor, who is from the, uh, writing for the University of Toronto Press, describes tragic farce in this way, um, that it's been of interest to uh, playwrights both in France and around the world. This is a French author of this play, uh, Florian Zeller, um, and it was translated by uh, Christopher Hampton uh, into uh, English. Uh, and it's a means of dramatizing such ex- as ex- existential concerns as the fragility of identity, the relativity of truth, the plurality of meaning, and the isolated condition of the individual in the modern world. And this play deals a lot with that sense of fragility of identity and isolation that a person who is in that experiences. But what's remarkable um, is because Sam Sutsavos, who's playing Andre, the father, plays it with such strength and clarity and intelligence that 
you really empathize with his position because you're saying he sounds it so many times like he's completely lucid, mm. uh, you know, and, and and you identify with him and understand that. Whereas those of us who I haven't personally, uh, you know, but those who have had to deal with this in their own real life, you know what it's like when somebody is is looking at you and then must be identifying um, you not as you. Uh, and and that whole sense of relationship that you've built with that person over a lifetime is totally Slips changed. Away. We because, have a- you know, as we begin to, I mean, I'm pushing 50 now. My my joints and things like that don't forgive me the way that they once did. You know, but to imagine that as you continue to age, that other aspects of you also begin to deteriorate, and what that experience must like must be like for that individual going through that. And if you know that that's you or that runs in your family, the terror that comes along with that. Yeah, sure. And he often will say that it, uh, there's something there's something going on here. There's something wrong as he's trying to figure out and put his put his finger on what exactly it is. He's not in his place. And you know, to to read just a little bit of that, you know, I think this sums it up very well the way that the the uh, we describe it is Andre was once a tap dancer, he lives with his daughter Anne and her husband Antoine, or was Andre an engineer whose daughter Anne lives in London with her new love Pierre? Uh, the thing is, he's still wearing his pajamas and he still can't find his watch, uh, and he's starting to wonder if he's losing control. Uh, just that sense of of disorientation, and right. and this even the way that this set is designed in this, that as the scenes progress, little pieces of it begin to sh- change and shift sometimes almost imperceptibly, uh, or disappear, uh, just as as much as it's happening for him in his own life as, uh, you know, things begin to change for him. Right. So it's a timely production. I'm yeah. sure that many people who will come see the show know or love someone who is suffering through Alzheimer's or dementia. Uh, is there an opportunity at some point for the cast uh, and the director to sit down with audience members? Is there ever sort of a going to be a back talk? Yeah, talk I, back? you know, I do believe that we have a couple. You'd have to you'd have to visit the site, and okay. you can just go to the New Hazlitt Theater dot org website to see the listing for the father. Um, you know, and you can see which performances may have a talkback. Usually, that happens after matinee performances, uh, which there are, uh, you know, a couple. Um, and I, I should say that this is not. It, what's amazing about it is that there's also a good bit of humor. Uh, there's a, a a lot of of laughter that happens, uh, you know, at certain points in the show because sometimes the things that happen are really just that ridiculous yes. and absurd. Um, you know, even though there are elements that are uh, are heavy because you know of what's happening to the right. individual. Yeah. I'm sure in the midst of it all the heartbreak yeah. also has to have a a bit of hilarity as well. I mean yeah, you, you sure. just can't escape that. So the play is called The Father it premieres this Saturday evening New Hazlitt Theater on the north side uh, right Allegheny down Square right across from uh, if you're familiar with um, the um, Children's uh, the Museum Alliance Church Oh, uh, yeah, sure. Allegheny Center Alliance Church. It's okay. just you know, like right across the street and walking distance from there. Very nice. And uh, tickets on sale now at the website, right? Yes. Kinetictheater.org. Or you can go to show clicks and type in the father there and it will bring it up as well. Excellent. Well, Darren, thanks enough a lot. It looks hey, like a fascinating production. Darren Alliker, the show is called The Father, premieres this, um, this Saturday night through September 23rd. Yes. Very nice. Take a break. Be right back. We've got lots more ahead. It's the ride home with uh, John and Kathy. Mine is Kath. Thank you. 
my daughter couldn't keep up with math in school, it was, it was really hard for her. Brooke has an above average IQ, and yet she wasn't learning. You're frustrated. You're unable to get those answers and solutions that you're looking for, and you're exhausted because you've gone through every other option. I feel like all I did was yell at my kid all day. We just got through pretty much until we found brain balance. That's when she started to thrive. Brain balance is the answer for your kid because it didn't just mask the problems, it actually addressed the issue. We started seeing huge differences in her behavior. Suddenly things were clicking for her. I would ask him how he did in school and he'd smile. When those things start to click, when those things start to go, it's so exciting. Brain balance didn't just help for Brooklyn, it helped for our whole family. Brain balance worked for my kids. Give your child the foundation they need to succeed in school. Call Brain Balance today and find out how you can change the life of your child and your family. For more information, visit BrainBalance.com. If you're a baby boomer with 100000 or more of investable assets, this may be the most important 60 seconds for your retirement. We're Sound Income Strategies, and we transform typical portfolios that depend on speculative growth into portfolios that generate sustained retirement income for life. And right now, we're offering the latest book from our founder, David J. Scranton, return on principle. Plus, as an added bonus, our retirement income kit packed full of valuable information absolutely free. So if you're a baby boomer with 100000 or more of investable assets, call 866-913-1234 right now for your free book and retirement income kit. Investment advisory services offered through Sound Income Strategies, LLC, an SEC registered investment advisory firm. In retirement, it's all about generating enough income. Call 866-913-1234 Sound Income Strategies. The secret to a great retirement is our middle name. At Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville, find extreme accessories for all your dirty jobs like hauling landscape supplies. Protect your vehicle with spray on bed liners, tonneau covers, weather tech floor liners, and more. Say goodbye to dirt and grime inside and out with extreme detailing. Plus, lift kits, electronics, and remote starters. Always a favorite. Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville. For the extreme in all of us. At ExtremeTruck.net. You commit yourself to pastoring and preaching from the Word of God. You've got to do that against the background of a collapsing culture. And then you've got to do it because of the nature of Scripture itself. Word FM presents Know the Truths, Philip DeCourcy at the 2018 Pastor Appreciation Luncheon. To preach the Bible as the handbook for life rather than as a revelation of Christ is to turn the Bible into an entirely different book. A free event for pastors, October 3rd at Heinz Field. RSVP now at wordfm.com slash pal. So here we are, September 11th, 2018. 17 years. I mean, of all the things that have happened in those 17 years, all the cataclysmic events, where are you in this mix? I mean, I, I do remember when my father was a World War II veteran, and um, I don't ever really remember sitting around the dinner table on December 7th having a conversation like we have as a national audience today. Uh, there was the occasional, you know, Pearl Harbor documentary or things like that. But, you know, the, um, the world that we live in today, uh, it requires us. It compels us. It, uh, we must reflect in some way, uh, whether on Facebook or Twitter, on Instagram, of course, with uh, the older media like radio and television. Still happy to be here, by the way, and still thriving. Thank you very much. So what is the 
what does September 11th, 2018 mean? Have you done anything different today? Have you reflected in a way? I mean, um, I was watching television today. And uh, I was watching the C-SPAN coverage up at Shanksville. The president came in uh, to Shanksville at the Flight 93 Memorial, which is absolutely, if you've not had the opportunity to go there, highly recommended. Take your kids, your grandkids, go up there. And now, apparently, they're, they've built this, not yet completed, but soon to be completed, this tower with these 40 different wind chimes. One chime for each person on Flight 93. And a it's a very big, hilly wind top. If you've ever been up there, it's just so absolutely gorgeous. And so as the wind blows, you'll hear the reflection of these chimes, the sounding of these chimes. Very meditative. So what does that mean to you? 800-320-8255, 800-320-8255. That's the number. You want to give us a call? Uh, talk to me and tell me. I mean, I don't necessarily want to look back. Everybody has their own personal stories of what 9-11 was. And, of course, those are to be cherished. Those, those stories must be told. But today, how is today different? How is, how is September 11th, 2018 different than what it was five years ago, ten years ago? The longer we move away from the date itself... Do we heal? I don't think I don't think necessarily we heal. But do we do we do things differently? Is it is it a lessening? Is there less honor paid? Is there less thoughtfulness today than there was in years past? I wonder oh. For those who perpetrated this carnage on us, are they like us? Are they like two sides? Are we somewhere in this world where there's two sides of the coin? You know, the like the old um, goofus and gallant cartoon. We look at this as a gallant side, that our struggle, that our, our attack, that we responded with courage. Of course we did. But from our enemy's side, those men who wanted to create this carnage, who essentially achieved their goals. I mean, Osama bin Laden is going on record as saying that he wanted to create chaos and create this perpetual war. Well, he's certainly done that. Long since gone from the fate of this earth and burning in hell. But I wonder, on September 11th every year, do those men, those societies that have engineered this chaos, is there jubilation in their corners? You know, certainly what it is to be um, a dark-skinned Muslim in the United States today, that's a perilous thing, isn't it? We look at Muslims with trepidation or fear or anger or resentment and we are the lesser society for that. And, of course, that's an ongoing struggle that we all have, isn't it? How we look at our neighbors, whether it's through immigration, right? How do we look at our Muslim neighbors, our deep suspicions and fears? What does that look like in your own life? How do we be agents of peace in Jesus Christ? And how do we reconcile the evil in this world? 
because there is such evil, isn't there? I've been thinking about this a lot today, about Satan. Satan. The Prince of Darkness, old Scratch. I'm still amazed, often, that people cannot or will not assess the truth of evil in this world. (laughs) If you read your Bible, there it is. It's in black and white. So just as we believe as Christ on the cross and the resurrected Lord, you must also believe in Satan and the principalities of the powers of darkness. But I'm often surprised by that. The people cannot or will not engage in that thought. You must regularly pray for that, to be delivered from me. Deliver us from evil, right? I mean, Jesus himself, of course. Deliver us from evil. And yet still, we live in this I'm okay, you're okay society. Everything's okay, dude. We're okay. Everything's good. It's all going to work out. How is it that we we ignore that battle that's going on right now? Holy smokes. I mean, don't you feel that? Don't you feel that in your own life every day? The battle that goes on in your own life? I mean, holy smokes. There are so many days. And I, I'm sure that, you know, depression stems from all that. The shame of our sin, the guilt of our sin overwhelms us. That's why we need the Savior more than anything, to wipe us clean, to give us that grace and that forgiveness. But first, we must we must acknowledge the evil in this world and then essentially acknowledge the evil in our own hearts, the blackness that we are surrounded by and our complicit action within that blackness, that we are complicit with the devil, are we not? We must acknowledge that. Because if we can't, then we'll never receive that grace and forgiveness. The power of Christ on the cross who came into this world for our sins and our sins alone. To free us from that. But somehow we we miss that or we refuse to engage in that or we think we don't need it. Which is kind of crazy. I'm not kind of crazy. It is crazy. It's crazy on so many levels. I think if you're going to talk about evil, this is the day of all days, you know, to to recognize it in your own self, to study it, think on it, and I think especially to talk about it with, if you don't believe, with if you do believe, with your unbelieving friends. And it's funny, I think we you know we have romanticized or cartoonized the devil so much that the devil in, in, in our society has lost its its seeming power. We've made him something funny or cute or sweet, unless you're aficionados of horror films, in which in case if you see that, you see a horror film, Hollywood does a fine job, a fine job of showing us evil, don't they? They do. I mean, I went and saw a movie with my wife and kid the other day. We sat through 15 minutes of one horrible trailer after another. And I thought, oh, my God, where are we as a society? Oh, my Lord. Hollywood does a fine job of showing the mirror of the evil to us. So then why don't we recognize it? And if we we don't recognize it, how can we talk about evil to our unbelieving friends? How do we find the peace of Christ in our own life? How do we find that peace? This is a good day, as any, to talk about that. 
the power of the principalities of darkness and the struggle with light of Christ in this world. We'll take a break, come back for our 5 o'clock hour where we'll delve in deeper about the devil, old scratch, during the 5 o'clock hour. Stick around, won't you please? Your participation, always welcome. Sharing the word that changes the world. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh, a service of Salem Media Group. With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. As Hurricane Florence approaches the Carolinas, North Carolina Governor Roy Cooper warns residents that the storm is a monster. That's why I'm ordering a mandatory state evacuation for our barrier islands. And I'm directing the people of North Carolina to obey local evacuation orders that have already been issued and will be issued along our coast. President Trump says the federal government is ready for the arrival of Hurricane Florence. The safety of American people is my absolute highest priority. We are sparing no expense. Uh, We are totally prepared. We're ready. We're as ready as anybody's ever been. Florence is expected to blow ashore late Thursday or early Friday, then slow down and wring itself out for days, unloading one to two and a half feet of rain. This is SRN News. 101.5 WORD. Your story of faith and spiritual growth is an important one. And here at Word FM, we're interested in hearing how this station has made a direct and positive impact on your life. It gives me inspiration and hope. It's our wish that what you hear from us positively affects you and your family. And we would love for you to tell us about it. It's really encouraging to me. Whenever I need to be uplifted, there's something on to uplift me. So visit wordfm.com slash story. Record a video. Video message and share your story with us. For doing that, you'll be eligible to win a grand prize of an Apple iPad Pro and an Apple Pencil. It's encouraging. It's inspiring and it lifts me up when I'm having a bad day. Visit wordfm.com slash story and share your video. Todd Chapman here with Food for the Poor. I just returned from Haiti, where I met too many families who are clinging to life because of lack of food. You probably know that Haiti is the poorest country on this side of the world. The average person struggling to earn just $2 a day. But life in Haiti is harder than ever due to skyrocketing inflation, rising food prices, and a prolonged drought. I met many families who survived by raising crops on small plots of land. But those fields are now dust bowls. Even the lucky few who find work are only able to make enough money to buy a cup of rice each day, never enough to feed their kids. They're desperate. And so I'm calling on you, God's people, to help. Through Food for the Poor, you can feed a starving family of four for a whole year for just $320 and give them access to clean, safe drinking water for life. $320 can bring hope back to these families in the name of Christ. Just $27 a month. Will you help? 855-828-4673. You can also give online at wordfm.com or you can call from your cell phone. Simply dial pound 250 and say, I want to give. Pumpkins, 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 and more pumpkins. Pumpkins are what the Springhouse is thinking about this time of year. Hi, it's me, Marcia, from the Springhouse, and we love sharing our farm with you during this beautiful time of year. We've got all kinds of fun planned for you and your family to be able to spend the whole day on our farm. 
pumpkin patch hay rides, a petting zoo, giant square bale stack and pipes for sliding, a hay maze and a corn maze, pumpkin picking right out of the field, old time games under a tent up on the hill, and lots more. And when you get hungry, of course we have great eats inside too, with lots of pumpkin creations. Pumpkin pie, pumpkin cookies, pumpkin bread, pumpkin custard, and even pumpkin black bean chili. Every October Saturday features a family-friendly meal, and October Sundays feature our 4-H hog roast with all the fixins. Plan to spend a memory-making day on the farm at the Spring House in 84 PA, 724-228-3339 or springhousemarket.com. Mostly cloudy tonight, nothing more than a passing sprinkle, low 62. Tomorrow, mostly cloudy but warmer, a shower in spots, high 79. Tomorrow night, patchy clouds with areas of fog developing, low 68. Thursday, patchy morning fog, otherwise mostly cloudy and humid with a brief shower and a high of 82. I'm AccuWeather meteorologist Bill Skladenkis on 101.5 Word FM. Uh, today we've had a national tragedy. Uh, two airplanes have crashed into the World Trade Center in an apparent terrorist attack on our country. I have spoken to the Vice President, to the Governor of New York, to the Director of the FBI, and have ordered that the full resources of the federal government uh, go to help the victims and their families and, the, and to conduct a full-scale investigation to hunt down and to find those folks who committed this act. Terrorism against our nation will not stand. And now if you join me in a moment of silence. May God bless the victims, their families, and America. Thank you very much. Hey, thanks for being with us today, September 11th, 2018. It's hard to believe, and I think that's probably the, uh, the call for a lot of people today. Hard to believe it's been 17 years, how quickly time has gone by. But still, if you were alive and if you were conscious enough in your age to remember that day, you will never forget it. And I think, you know, listening and reading today, Everyone wants to go back and, and to retell the story of what happened to them that day when they first heard that. And, of course, there's great power there. It's necessary to tell that story. This morning, my uh, my 18-year-old, who, of course, was one year old on this day in 2001, a one-year-old, I mean, we're going to reach a point where we have kids, the majority of people, like, you know, World War II or, you know, the Holocaust, which accompanied World War II, will no, we'll no longer have those people who were alive. And our foreign policy in some ways, may it reflect that? Who knows? But certainly, this earthquake of a day changed everyone's life in innumerable ways. How many people that terrible day those almost 3,000 people at the World Trade Center and the Pentagon and here in Shanksville. I mean, the violence alone, I think that to me, that to me is such a, an easy touchstone. I think for years, you know, the History Channel would replay a lot of the footage of that day in real time. And 
Do you know the picture of the falling man? The falling man. Have you seen that photo? The falling man is a really famous photograph that was shot by a reporter for the Associated Press. And the story goes that this reporter, and I'm sorry, I forget his name right now, but he was at a photo shoot for a fashion show in downtown Manhattan. And he got a phone call from his uh, editor saying, hey, there's a, a something going on at the World Trade Center. I know you're close to the area. Get over there. And so this photographer gets close to the World Trade Center. But at that point, Building 1 was already inflamed. And so he's held back. But as he gets close to the emergency responders, people start saying, look, what's that? And it's inconceivable at the moment, but what they're all witnessing as they look up at 102, 104 stories are human beings jumping off of the World Trade Center and then falling to their death. So this photographer, there's a very, very famous photograph of one of the poor people, those lost souls, those poor lost souls as they fell. And the symmetry of the towers themselves, the architectural style of the building, this sort of honeycomb steel look with the symmetry of the man who is tumbling. His one leg is behind the other. And it is an almost perfect sort of what? It's a design in some ways. You have to see this. If you Google the fallen, falling man of 2001. And the mystery is, as those poor souls, the violence, they fell, they jumped because the smoke was so thick and the flames were coming upon them. And so they had no choice. Either you stay or you jump. Either one, they knew they were going to die. They knew they were going to die. But I can't imagine those first responders and that photographer watching one person after another leap off that building and then fall. They said it took 10 seconds to fall until those people hit ground. And what that was like as people fell, their thoughts as they tumbled from that building onto the ground, the violence I think that's what, you know, we're used to seeing the image of the two planes plowing, exploding into the World Trade Center. Oh, my gosh. Incredible violence. Incredible. People being incinerated in a heart second. And then the violence of the people falling through the sky until they hit the pavement below. The explosion of the flesh. How horrible. And then, of course, the violence of the two towers falling. I mean, that's shocking. Having lived in Manhattan and walking by those buildings hundreds, if not a thousand times, the massiveness of those two towers and to think that they fell. I mean, I remember seeing that on television. My mouth was like, I'm sure everyone, your mouth was agape. You were, it was inconceivable that those things would fall the way they fell. The horror of that. And then, of course, the wars. Bombs and boots on the ground and bullets 
and booby traps and you name it. One slice of heartless carnage after another. Murderous rampage on both sides. I mean, good gravy. And that's who we are in our hearts of darkness, aren't we? Protecting ourselves, protecting our families, protecting our country. And from the other side, an ideology. But still, all the children, all the women, all the innocents who were murdered along, killed, all that rage. God help us. God help us on this day. So what does 9-11 mean today? 17 years after the fact. The endless wars that go on in Afghanistan. I don't pray enough. I don't pray enough for the families, for the survivors, for the victims and all the tears that they left behind. And for our enemies. What would that be like to live in a world of peace? <laughs> hmm. Has there ever been that? I guess not. I guess not, right? For as long as we've walked the earth, in those brief moments when Adam and Eve first strode, it was God's creation, in God's image, Adam, the reflection of God and his perfection. And then Adam wanted more, didn't he? He wanted to know deeper. He wanted to attain a different status. But God loving on Adam, and then God creating the woman. For a brief moment, there was peace, wasn't there? Something unimaginable in our lives. No fear, no worry, no want. No desire. None of that. That's heaven, isn't it? Close to God. In God's shadow. In his arms. Adam had that and still he couldn't help himself. Which leads us to September 11, 2001. To September 11, 2018. In our own heart of darkness. We're going to talk about the devil in a few minutes. Richard Beck is with us again. Richard's been with us a few times. Revisiting old scratch, demons and the devil for doubters and the disenchanted. Uh, is, as sick as a subject it is, I, I can't say I enjoy, but I do appreciate the conversation. I think it's necessary to talk about the devil and our own blackness in our lives. So we'll do that in a few minutes. Stick around, would you please? It's the Ride Home with John and Kathy on this Tuesday, September 11th. W-O-R-D. Each of us will remember what happened that day. Some will remember an image of a fire. Or a story of rescue. Some will carry memories of a face. She blew out the candles and she made a wish. And a voice gone forever. She said, I wish that Daddy would visit us from heaven. The heroism of the people up in the sky. I said, what do you think Dad's doing right now? Fellow Americans. And she said, I think he's watching me blow out my candles. America and Pittsburgh remembers. We're 101.5 Word FM. In God We Trust. 
Marley Financial has done it again. These guys are just fantastic. This is Kathy Emmons. Many of you know or have worked with our friend Todd Marley at Marley Financial, and you know they were the first and still the best option for individual health insurance, providing both traditional and non-Obamacare plans. But now, they're also offering the best group health plans in the nation, with typical savings of up to 40%. Small, medium, and even large groups, Marley's got you covered, giving you and your employees access to national networks where you can go to any hospital, Highmark, UPMC, Mayo Clinic, or even Johns Hopkins. Marley gives you the power to choose what's best for you and your employees, whether they're W-2 or 1099 subcontractors, without the usual headaches of things like minimum participation or employer contributions. Call Marley Financial now, 724-884-1496. That's 724-884-1496. And find out what it's like to work with the most innovative agency in Pennsylvania. 724-884-1496 at MarleyFG. Message and data rates may apply. Texting and rolls for recurring text messages. Listen to Nick and Vicki's story about sea quiet. The snoring was very loud and constant. Very draining to be next to somebody who you're trying to sleep and you've got that loud reverberation. You know, I was hoping she'd get to sleep before I'd come up because I, I started getting to the point where I was concerned because I knew she wasn't going to get much rest if I came to bed at the same time. You know, she'd been so used to me buying all the other stuff I tried. She was kind of skeptical, say, oh, okay, well, there's another gimmick. Uh, are you going to even try it? And I said, no, I really read up on this and I'm, I'm going to make it effort with this. I'm going to try it. and It stopped my snoring, so it's worked great for us. I'm a happier person in the morning and more energetic, and I think that carries through the day. Yeah, that's the best way to describe what Z-Quiet's done for us. Z-Quiet works for both men and women. Text NEWS to 246810 or go to GetZQuiet.com. Try it risk-free for 30 days for just $9.95. Text NEWS to 246810 or go to com today. The following is a true story. My name is David Bryant. When I was 37, my wife and I decided to to get term life insurance through SelectQuote. Just three years later, I was diagnosed with ALS, also known as Lou Gehrig's disease. Because of life insurance, the people I love most in this world will be protected no matter what happens to me. I know that the dreams I have for my family can still come true. Financial security, to stay in the home we became a family in, and for our children to be able to go to college. I reached out to SelectQuote because I wanted to share my story. If just one person purchases life insurance, I know I will have made a difference. SelectQuote can find a 37-year-old male a $500,000 policy for under a dollar a day. If there are people you care about, you need life insurance. It may be the single most important financial decision of your life. Don't put off protecting your family. Get your free quote now. Call 800 That's 800-671-7070. 800-671-7070. Or go to selectquote.com. This is a paid endorsement. Get full details on the example policy at selectquote.com slash commercials. Not available in all states. Hi, everybody. This is Craig Wolfley from my friends at J&D Waterproofing. For every waterproofing or foundation repair, a portion of the proceeds go to the Light of Life Rescue Mission or the Make-A-Wish Foundation. Hello, this is Ralph Sindrich. I'm proud to be a part of this program and such a fine service to be offered to the community. For every job commitment, I'll provide a signed copy of my book, NFL Bro. Call for a free estimate at 1-800-VERY-DRY. That's 1-800-VERY-DRY. Or visit us on the web at jdwaterproofing.com. You know, they say the best is yet to come. But to make that true for your retirement, you need a plan. Well, start by tuning in for Your Retirement Blueprint with Kurt Kenotic and Ethan Lane with Accurate Solutions Group every Saturday morning at 10. Kurt and Ethan can help simplify the retirement planning process. No technical terms or calculations, no product pushing, just the information you need for retirement. Don't miss Your Retirement Blueprint with Kurt Kenotic and Ethan Lane of Accurate Solutions Group every Saturday morning at 10, right here on 101.5 Word FM. 
Hey, welcome back. Thanks for being along today on this uh, September 11th, 2018. Richard Beck is with us. Richard's a professor of psychology at Abilene Christian University in Abilene, Texas, a popular blogger and speaker. He's the author of several books, including Unclean, and uh, this work we're going to talk about uh, called Reviving Old Scratch, Demons and the Devil for Doubters and the Disenchanted. Richard, welcome back to the show. How are you? Hi, Richard. Sorry. Are you there? Yes, I'm there. Hi. <laughs> yeah, that's the devil. <laughs> yeah, that is. <laughs> yeah. Hey, thanks for coming along today. You, you've been with us a couple of times in the past, and uh, you join us. I bring you on to talk about the devil, because uh, I, I love the book, Reviving Old Scratch. You, you write about the devil uh, very eloquently. But, you know, always when we talk about the devil, I'm curious about this, and I think I may have said this to you before. Uh, years ago, we had someone who was a learned professor of theology at a local seminary, and the person came and joined us on air, and the, somehow the topic turned to evil, and this theologian said, well, I don't believe in evil, nor do I believe in the devil, which uh, you could have knocked me over with a feather. I mean, how can that be? Uh, if you are a Christian, isn't it imperative that as you believe in the resurrection of Jesus Christ, you also believe in the power of darkness and the devil around us? Well, I mean, I think there's a lot of varieties of Christianity out there, uh, and you probably bumped into a version of it. But I think it's reflective of a large sector of kind of modern Christians that find themselves, because of living in a scientific technological age, they find themselves struggling to reconcile their modern scientific worldview with what's revealed in the pages of Scripture. And so my book is trying to help them bridge that, bridge that divide, because it does seem integral to the, to the central narrative of Scripture, and especially what Jesus saw himself as doing in the Gospel. Yeah. So talk to us about your work, because in reading Reviving Old Scratch, you, you talk about the, your church, your uh, church which is uh, called Freedom, right? Mm-hmm. Freedom Fellowship, yeah. Freedom it's Fellowship. a mission church that yeah worships on the margins of my society. A lot of poor, homeless, addicted people go to that church. Yeah, so you, you talk about Freedom Fellowship and your prison Bible study. You say those are the things that have saved you, drawn you closer to Christ. Uh, I'm curious about the, the, the prison Bible study, because if you're going to see evil up close, you're going to see it there, but you're also going to see the redemptive power of Christ as well, right? Oh, exactly. And that, that's kind of the story I tell in Reviving Old Scratch, because I was, like your learned professor of theology, somebody who just had a lot of doubts and skepticism, found myself feeling fairly awkward talking about a literal personal devil. But when you find yourselves on the margins of your society, in America or even in global Christianity, when you enter in those spaces, um, belief in the devil, talk about the devil, a lived experience of spiritual warfare is is what's going on out there. And so when I found myself out in those locations, the margin of my town, I found myself dis, dislocated from the, the spirituality that I felt there and the struggle, especially the prisoners articulated, about the forces they felt that they were dealing with, not just in the prison system, but even in their own hearts. Right. Now, some people would say, well, you know, uh, is that a cop-out? Because, you know, we can ascribe our bad intentions or bad actions to the devil. Um, and some people, you know, would invite the devil in. Other people would say no to the devil. But but is that a cop-out? I mean, uh, all evil stems from uh, the power of darkness in this world. It's our choice whether we engage or not. No, I think so. And, and one of the criticisms of the book is that when and one of the 
things that people feel like they don't like invoking the devil for because they've seen the devil used as, as a way to avoid responsibility and personal responsibility. Yeah. The devil made me do it argument. Right. And, and so I, and I, and I completely understand that. Um, but, but to me, if you're blaming the devil for your actions, you're not fighting the fight. You're blaming. You're not taking ownership for the fact that you have some responsibility to fight that force. So you can't just put responsibility onto the devil. The call is to do battle with that force. However you conceive of it, you're supposed to put up a fight in waging for light and righteousness in the kingdom of God. Right. So that's assuming, then, that people do recognize the power of devil, the devil in their lives. Now, I, I remember years ago, I saw this uh, story uh, was picked up by some local news affiliate, but essentially the story was this, that there was a guy and his wife, and they were invited to a wedding. And uh, they had a photo taken at the wedding, and then years later, they went to see the couple who were, you know, they were, uh, who had been married. And so they were looking through the wedding album, and they saw this photo of themselves, this man and his wife. And behind this man's shoulder, now I should say, this man was an addict. And behind this man's shoulder is the, is the image, and it's an unmistakable image. It looks as though it is a devil dog, that there's this thing peering over this guy's shoulder. And it freaked this guy out so much that he decided right, right then and there, this was a call that he saw the devil on his shoulder that he was going to get clean and sober. So, I mean, what about that? I mean, when you, when you see something, and I, I, would, I would challenge our listeners to look at this, to look this up on the web. And when you see something like that, it is, it, to me, I mean, it was very compelling. Not that you need evidence of the devil. I mean, I can just feel it in my own life, in the own breath of my, my lungs, of my own evil. But when you see something like that, it's hard to refute that the devil exists. That does, it's hard to refute that the devil does not exist in this world. Yeah, and I think that's one of the big dividing lines. I think there are people that just feel like there is something more out there. Uh, in those stories, in stories of uh, from the angelic forces to the power of prayer to miracles, people have bumped into things in the world that they find inexplicable, that they can't be explained rationally or scientifically. And yet, like your learned theology professor, there are people that will just hold out to the very last breath until they have hard empirical kind of evidences. And I think that line doesn't just divide the skeptics and the atheists and the believers in the world. I think you're seeing that line increasingly f- showing up in the pews, that, that people within the Church um, are sitting on the opposite sides of that divide, either being very persuaded by those experiences or still kind of withholding holding belief for, you know, until they get something more definitive, which is going to be very hard to prove, ultimately, for those people. Right, but, I mean, the proof's in our own selves, right? I mean, you can't you... Can't you... Uh, I mean, haven't you yourself recognized the devil in your own life? Me? Yes. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think anybody... The question, though, is is how people narrate that experience. So it goes back to what you were saying before. You can narrate that experience as just my own sinfulness, my own addiction. Do I need to invoke a super... Am I messed up psychologically? <laughs> am I unwell all on my own? Or is there a spiritual aspect to that? And as best I can tell people... people split up on that. I personally feel like there's more to it in my struggle that that causes me to rely on supernatural help and aid, because I find that if it's just my own pathologies, 
then um, I feel fairly powerless in getting my life um, back on track. And so that's kind of why I reach for more of a supernatural explanation, just because I need, I feel like I need supernatural assistance. Yeah, I think that's, that's good. That's wisdom there. So you're, you're talking about spiritual warfare, right? That, you know, you recognize the power of darkness, but you also know the power of Christ. And whether we want to acknowledge it as people or not, those two forces are in active battle constantly. Yes? Yeah, I agree. And but I also try in the book to cast even a bigger bigger net than that. And and that I also try to grab a hold of the the forces in the world. And so I, I in the book I try to paint a much bigger picture than just that internal battle. I agree. There's an internal battle that we're fighting every second of every day. And I think particularly people that tend to focus evil in the world as kind of historical or systemic forces need to pay attention to that. That said I do think evil manifests itself in injustices and oppressions that go on in the world as well, okay. and that there's both a, a systemic and a moral aspect to this, what this fight looks like. Right. Okay. So then go into a little further. So, so today here, you know, I bring you on at September 11th, you know, uh, everyone's talking about what happened, you know, 17 years ago, that historical or that systemic um, uh, push of evil in this world, how does that play out on September 11th, 2001? Well, I mean, I think we can we can look at and say, you know, that there were some very evil people that did a very evil thing. But when we do that, we just kind of look for just, just radical agents of evil. I think we don't attend to where those people come from and what historical or, or, or cultural or, or world forces uh, bring those things about. So there is something that can kind of tame evil by just locating in the one radical evil person. So take a Hitler. Well, he was an evil person. But if we don't pay attention to what the forces that allowed him to take power, then we don't have the resources to change history or to get out in front of it, the next Hitler that's coming down the road. Um, and so sometimes when we focus too much on the individual, we don't take enough responsibility for creating a world where people like that can do what they do. So is there a recipe? Do you have your own personal recipe you use to, whether it's, you know, your own personal responsibility or congregationally at your own church or with the men who you're with in Bible study? What does that look like when you talk about that, you know, that recipe to battle evil? Yeah. Well, I think if the devil has pulled a great trick on the church, I think it's this division of evil between liberal and conservatives in America. Mm-hmm where the conservative side of the church and politics tends to focus on moral responsibility and individual choices, and the liberal side tends to focus on systemic injustices and evil. Um, I, and anybody who's worked in a prison like I have or worked on the margin of society with severe poverty knows that it is a complex mixture of both of those things. There are systemic economic forces that make it hard for people to make good choices, and yet people making good choices by fighting their addiction, keeping their families together, working hard, those, those are part of the fight as well. And so I think one of the problems we have in fighting evil in the world is how we have split evil into two parts, and we've never been able to grab a hold of the whole thing in one kind of comprehensive way. Hmm. So for us to recognize that, I mean, that's an, what you just said was excellent, to see that split then we have to at least acknowledge that before we can even, not that we would ever rid the world of evil, but at least take the first concrete steps to look at it and perhaps to battle it. 
systematically from a you know a, from a larger not a personal perspective but from a you know a, a larger s- s- segment you know what i mean no i i agree with you and i think that's what jesus did i think jesus was pointing us towards the battle with who he called the satan and as he saw the kingdom of god advanced he said to his followers you know i've seen satan fall from heaven like lightning and, and so i think we all have to come back to the central fight that Jesus saw himself as fighting and not fight with ourselves. And I think that's what's happening. We're fighting with ourselves. And I think that's exactly what the devil wants us to do. And I think Jesus keeps calling us to that deeper fight um, where we all are on the same team battling against the forces of darkness. Yes. Richard Beck is with us. He's the author of Reviving Old Scratch, Demons and the Devil for Doubters and the Disenchanted. So, Richard, uh, let, go back into the, the prison again, because you, you talk about, um, you tell a story that you were reintroduced to the devil in prison. Can you tell that? Yeah. Well, I was teaching the Beatitudes out in the prison, and I was going through the Beatitudes, um, Blessed are the Poor in Spirit. I remember getting to Blessed are the Meek, and I saw these skeptical looks on the faces of the men, and I asked, like, why are you looking skeptically at me? And they said, you can't do that in here. If you are meek in a prison, uh, you'll get hurt. Uh, Meekness is mistaken for weakness. And Satan, the word Satan in Hebrew just means opponent or adversary. And so that night when I was teaching Beatitudes at the prison, I saw the adversary. I saw the opponent. I saw how difficult it is to be kind in their world, to be meek and gracious and to be a peacemaker, because they live obviously in a very dark, violent, and, and brutal place. And, and so that force in the world that makes kindness or meekness risky mm. and even heroic, that force um, is the Satan um, that I encountered out there that night, the face of the devil, you could call it. Oh, that's fabulous. To be meek is to be have an entranceway into the devil from the worldly perspective. That's fascinating. Well, Richard, thanks an awful lot. Uh, I appreciate your, your time here, your musings, and uh, love your writing. You're always welcome here. Thanks again. Hey, thanks. Have a good day. Our pleasure. Reviving Old Scratch, Demons and the Devil for Doubters and the Disenchanted, Richard Beck. Take a break. Come back. Conversations about evil ahead. We've been very honored to win the Better Business Bureau Torch Award for Business Ethics three times, which is great. Energy Swing Windows, Steve Rennekamp. But we were recently recognized with an award that was totally unsolicited. It's called the Best of the Best Award. Uh, This is an award you don't apply for. And the organization that does this selects companies that have great reputations in the marketplace. They look at your online reviews. They look at your website. They look at Better Business Bureau reports. They look at a whole variety of things and they determine if you fit the criteria of being the best of the best. And fortunately, uh, they thought we did. There's a very short video on the front page of our website that talks about this award and the way we do business and why we received it. Energy Swing, best of the best. Right now, Word FM listeners get 5% off over and above any current offers on windows and doors and $1,200 off any basement finishing project. Visit EnergySwingWindows.com. My name is Marla, and I am a teacher in a local public school system. My husband and I heard about brain balance. We were a bit skeptical, of course. 
but we didn't know what to do. When we went to Brain Balance, they got it. They listened to us from day one. They were asking me questions that our medical provider was not asking us. And this is going to get us somewhere in one place instead of I'm going to have to run to 15 different spots. About four weeks into the Brain Balance program, my kid could sit on the couch and just breathe. The teachers immediately started noticing that our kids were calmer. As a teacher and a mom, I would say this is one of the most amazing programs I have seen for children. Our lives right now have dramatically changed because of brain balance. My kids, in their own individual ways, received the help that they needed that moved them to a place of balance and harmony. Give your child the foundation they need to succeed in school. Call Brain Balance today and find out how you can change the life of your child and your family. For more information, visit BrainBalance.com. Commence Exxon and Mobile field test. Scientist observes Subject B at station. Subject B earns Exxon and Mobile rewards plus points, points she can use to save on gas, coffee, car washes, and more. Subject B should share the wealth and buy me a coffee. Subject B looks like she's leaving. Subject B hasn't purchased me anything yet. Subject B has left. Hmm. Conclusion, Exxon and Mobile rewards plus makes refueling rewarding, and Subject B owes me a coffee. Perhaps a donut. Sign up today at ExxonMobileRewardsPlus.com. Terms and conditions apply. Available at participating Exxon or mobile branded locations. Guys, we need to remind ourselves that the God of the Bible is not silent. Word FM presents Know the Truths, Philip DeCourcy at the 2018 Pastor Appreciation Luncheon. God has spoken, and he has spoken through his word, and it's inspired, and it's inerrant, and it's authoritative, and it's breathed out, and it's able to make us wise unto salvation. It's able to make us complete, and it's able to equip us unto every good work. A free event for pastors, October 3rd at Heinz Field. RSVP now at wordfm.com slash pal. Mostly cloudy tonight, nothing more than a passing sprinkle, low 62. Tomorrow, mostly cloudy but warmer, a shower in spots, high 79. Tomorrow night, patchy clouds with areas of fog developing, low 68. Thursday, patchy morning fog, otherwise mostly cloudy and humid with a brief shower and a high of 82. I'm AccuWeather meteorologist Bill Skladenkis on 101.5 Word FM. For all the many years that we've been doing the ride home with Joan and Kathy, both Kath and I really appreciate all the advertisers who've been with us. Grove City College is our newest advertiser, and we are so happy that Grove City is with us. Both of our children attend Grove City, so we, as proud parents of children who attend Grove City College, we say thank you to Grove City College. cheery show today. Super uplifting. We've been talking about evil, about uh, what 9-11 means today as opposed to when it first happened in 2001. But uh, I appreciate that conversation about evil. I mean, to think that we as, if you call yourself a believer in Jesus Christ and you don't believe in evil, there's a there's an odd disconnect there in your faith. And I'm not, you know, pointing fingers at you, although I guess I will. But what does that mean? I mean, and to think about evil from that smaller perspective, right, of, of our own personal perspective, but as our last guest talked about it, from a much wider, uh, from a social or worldview perspective, I mean, that's where the power of 9-11, I think, really, you know, showed its muscle. I think about, to think about those men who, what, who had this idea? Who first had the idea? We, 
should do this. We should victimize. We should. I'm sure that wasn't. We should. They just wanted to throttle us, and they were successful in that throttling of us. But to think about that genesis of the idea of evil, and then to bring it into fruition, what was the arc of that? I mean, that's a long, hard muscle of evil, is it not? Hey, give me a call. Eight hundred three two zero eight two five five. Eight hundred three two zero eight two five five. What what does this day mean to you 17 years after the fact? And I think especially as a believer in Christ, what how does this evil work in your own life? You know, it's easy for us to sit here and uh, to point fingers. Oh, yeah, yeah, these guys, you know, yeah, these bad guys. But are we not the same? Are we Are we not, must we not indict ourselves in this? Are we not the murderers as well? Are we not the bombers, the hijackers? How does evil work in your own life? I know that's an esoteric question and probably too chilling to delve deeper, deep into. But isn't that the nature of confession? That as we confess our sins to one another, which I believe is deeply necessary, deeply necessary. As we confess our sins, then we peel back the layer of evil within us and we allow the light to shine in on us. How deeply necessary that is. Confession, repentance, redemption. 800-320-8255. What does this day mean to you? And or how does evil work in your own life? How does that work? Okay, well, let's let's, uh, let's go for it. Let's uh, speak to Pat. Hey, Pat, you're the first one in the door. How are you doing today? I'm doing fine, John. Uh, before I tell you my little story, I wanted to uh, let you know we were talking about dementia and Alzheimer's. Yeah. And sometimes when we forget, we say, oh, my goodness, do I have Alzheimer's? And I'd heard this. If you remember you forgot, you don't have Alzheimer's. <laughs> that's good. Okay. That's very simple, isn't it? <laughs> that really is. Thank you. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> okay. Um, um, my memory, which is so vivid in my head, is uh, I went on my dream trip to Ireland uh, on 2001, and when I returned, I came through the the uh, Boston Airport, which I think uh, the terrorists had gone through or were going through the Boston Airport. That was on a Sunday. And so when I got home, uh, the airline had lost some of our luggage. I went with a friend, and so that Tuesday, when they were delivering it, uh, just as they knocked on the door, I turned around and saw the second plane coming into the towers. Wow. So it's so vivid in my head with that. Yeah. So uh, a year almost went by, and I had an opportunity to return to Ireland, and it happened to be uh, on the one-year anniversary of the um, Obit. And uh, I went to Northern Ireland, which is where my ancestors are from, from Donegal. And we were in Belfast, and uh, the tour guide that we had was half Asian and half Irish, which was a very an interesting combination. <laughs> <I bet. laughs> and, and our bus uh, had quite a few Americans on it. And I must add, too, that uh, at that time, and I'm sure it still is, that Ireland loves the Americans, and they fly the American flag along with their own in a lot of places there. So uh, that day, he had prepared for us to go to uh, the furthest part of Ireland, which is up in this, which they call hills, but I would say a mountain. And we went up on this mountain, and here he had brought an American flag, 
and uh, uh, from my understanding, I'm not sure it was through the country, but they had a moment, a uh, minute of silence at the time that the planes had gone into the towers in Ireland. And it was the most spiritual feeling. I can't tell you how I, I still feel that feeling really? of being so close to God, mm. you know. And I brought back a little bit of heather and a rock, which I probably wasn't supposed to do. <laughs> and every year I get that out. And then I have a pop-up book that has uh, New York City on it with the towers in it. Mm-hmm. So every year I pull that out, which I have out right now. But I think the the more poignant of this story is that three years later, and I think it was God starting to speak to me then because of that feeling I felt. I knew there was a God, but I didn't know who he was. But I just felt that feeling of being so close to God, and and I felt the fear kind of go away. Oh, my goodness. You know, when I came back from Ireland with wonderful memories, I was happy to be home. Sure. In, in America, and I've always felt that way. But when that happened, you always had that fear that, you know, uh, uh, just with you all the time, and especially every year whenever this comes up. Right. So What's going to happen? Three years, yeah, three years after that is when I accepted Jesus Christ as my Savior. Fabulous. And when I did that, that I don't walk around with fear anymore hmm. because I know uh, that the Lord is here. And he's going to protect me. I get concerned of what's going on or anything else, but I think the fact of accepting Jesus Christ as your Savior, he is going to get you through anything. Hmm. Amen to that. That's a great story, Pat. Thanks an awful lot. Really, really great story. So there you see, a trip to Ireland on September 11th, making your way back from the Boston airport and uh, finding your way through. And then again the next year, and then three years down the line, Jesus Christ our Lord and Savior. Hey, give us a call, 800-320-8255, 800-320-8255. We got a spot for you here on the roster. So what is it? I mean, this day, how is this day different? You just heard Pat's story. How is this day in 2018 different for you than it was in 2001? I mean, I, right? Times about change. We never are static. There's always movement. You just heard that story. Great movement there. And what about the nature of evil? I mean, our last guest was with us, and people who cannot appreciate what it is to to recognize that spiritual warfare, that struggle in this world, that ancient push between good and bad, and not just in our own hearts, but in our own families, in our own towns, in our own cities, in the greater continents the world that we live in, the nations that come together. I mean, are, is that a fair question? Are, are, and are some, you know, we talked about Haiti. We've talked, every time we talk about Haiti with, you know, Food for the Poor or Cross International, we talk about, you know, uh, Haiti in some ways has sold their soul to the devil. What exactly does that mean? How does that work? And if we don't recognize our own sinfulness, then... And how can we call ourselves believers? Because we must recognize our own blackness first, right, before we can accept the light and the grace and the truth of Jesus Christ in our lives. This day, I love this day, but I detest this day. Do you feel that way? 
I do. I, I, this is a difficult day. And I think it's important. I think if you really wanted to take the full measure of this day, it's important not to sort of as the years go by to give it short shrift. I think we, especially as believers, you must take the full measure of this day and look at the horror, the evil, and the beauty. Because with every every story of heartbreak, of people falling from the towers or the plane pushing to the ground in Shanksville, there's also one story after another of one selfless person who sacrificed or gave, who, who rescued or changed someone for the better. We see the best and the worst of us on these days, on this day especially. I think that's so true. So what is it? How is this day different for you? We take a break? Should I take a break? Okay, 800-320-8255. I'd love to hear your story. Give us a call. We'll be back in just a few minutes. It's the Ride Home with John and Kathy. Cass taking some time off today. So it's uh, it's me here and uh, you if you're so inclined. Life in Haiti is a daily struggle for survival. For Mary Lude, prayer is the only thing that gets her through. She, her husband, and six children live in a small metal shack. It's so small that even her teenage kids have to crawl to get inside. They never eat two days in a row. Usually it's more like two or three days between meals of rice or cornmeal. She has to send her older children to get water, an hour walk up a mountain. They have to do it several times a day, so there's no way they can go to school. The hopelessness of their situation is evident in her eyes. But today there is hope. Your gift through Food for the Poor can make a difference. For just $27 a month for the next year, you can feed most of her family and give them water for life. A $320 one-time gift will give food for a year and water for life to a family of four in Haiti. Will you help Mary Lude and her family? 855-828-4673. 855-828-4673. You can give online at wordfm.com or dial pound 250 on your cell phone and say, I want to give. Great experiences are meant to be shared. How about the experience of a great night's sleep? This is John Hall, and I've been sharing with you about my pillow for a long time. It's truly the most comfortable pillow I've ever owned. It's machine washable, dryable, never loses its shape, and it gives me the support I need no matter what position I'm in. And it comes with Mike Lindell's famous 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. Once you experience my pillow, I'm sure that you'll love it too. And you're going to want to share that great experience with somebody else, which is great because right now you can get two my pillows for the price of one with Mike's buy one, get one free deal. Just call 1-800-961-9207. Mention the promo code word to start enjoying the best sleep of your life or type it in when you visit mypillow.com. So don't delay. That's 1-800-961-9207 or visit mypillow.com. Use the promo code word. Hi, I'm John Henny from Henny Jewelers. Since 1887, my family has helped people celebrate the most memorable moments in their lives. We are rooted in faith and commit to doing the right thing again and again. We believe in the covenant of marriage and use our To Have and To Hold program to encourage couples as they prepare to spend the rest of their lives together. Please stop into our Shadyside store to learn more or visit HennyJewelers.com. Henny Jewelers, your jewelers for life. Hey, welcome back. On this uh, September 11th, we're talking about what it means to be alive today. 
17 years down the line. And, of course, also been focused on, uh, on the nature of evil. Right? We, we tend to look at the, the attackers, those evil people. And, of course, we share that same DNA, don't we? We just, uh, we're all part of the creation and that, spiritual, and that spiritual battle that goes on. Taking your phone calls at 800-320-8255. What does it mean to you today? And how does uh, the nature of evil work in your own life? Let's go to the phones with um, Anonymous. Uh, hey, Anonymous, thanks for calling Word FM. Uh, what's your story here? Hello? Hello? Oh, I think they went away, Mike. I got a little scared at the very last second. 800-320-8255. What does that mean? Because, you know, when you think about people who have gone through, I mean, there are how many people? I know three people personally in my small circles who were in Manhattan on that day and were affected by those actions. And, and you know, um, there are people, of those three people, two of them still to this day, suffer what I would call post-traumatic stress disorder. That there are things, you know, and you can mock this if you want, but there's truth to this. There are there are triggers that happen to them where a plane goes overhead too close or, I mean, it's too low, and they, they feel that, and I've been with them, and they clench. You can see it in them. I mean, it's scary. It really is. I can't imagine what it would be like to live with that. How does that work? This is a very difficult, dark day, I think, for so many of us to, th- to think about that. I mean, I see my kid this morning, and he, has, he really has no recollection of this whatsoever. None. I've got a friend who's been in the military, and he was of service in Manhattan that day, shockingly so. He's been a lifer in the military for a long, long time. And uh, he tells of the horror of what it was like to rush downtown to be on Broadway. You know, if, if you've seen those images, haven't you? That that famous shot. I mean, that's I know that street corner so well where that second plane is flying right down Broadway and smack dab into that second tower. I know that's, that used to be, um, uh, used to be, I don't know if it is now, it used to be like a sort of a hip secondhand clothing store. It was big. I know exactly where that was. The first time I saw that, I was like, oh, I stood in that street corner a thousand times. We as believers, you know, there's a certain responsibility that we have, isn't there? There's a certain weight that we must carry, especially on days like today. Because if you as a believer recognize the nature and power of evil in this world, and I hope you do. I hope you're not so far gone that you're so progressive, that you're so worldly, that you have, like Thomas Jefferson used to do, taken a pair of scissors and clipped the miracle and the profane out of the Bible. I think it's important that we still have – it's important. It's, it's, it's the core of who we are as believers, that we look at the holiness, the miracles – the mystery, the unexpected in God's holy word. Yes, that's so deeply important. But we also, we must recognize the nature of the ugliness of the fallenness of man in God's holy word. Those two are, 
the what the polar opposites, the 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 energy that work against each other that we must have. Otherwise, the gospel is void. And so as Christians, especially on today, you must trumpet the, the, the peace and the truth of God's word in the gospels. We can't shy away from this. You must talk about the evil to come back to the good. We'll take a break and come back in a few minutes. Stick with us. It's the Ride Home with John and Kathy on the September 11th, 2018. As we've been assured, neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth can separate us from God's love. May he bless the souls of the departed. May he comfort our own. And may he always guide our country. Life doesn't stop on the weekends and neither do you. So we understand that it can be hard to find the time to shop for a mattress. This is Robin Trzynski of the Original Mattress Factory. And we have a completely new website designed to help you simplify the mattress shopping experience. Check out our products, view our prices, and even place an order for pickup, local delivery, or to have it shipped outside of our delivery area. Just visit OriginalMattress.com and find a thoughtfully made, honestly priced mattress of your own. The Original Mattress Factory. Great beds, no bull. Right now, there are young people across the world facing a tough choice. Continue their dream of education or drop out to help their family put food on the table. You can help change their future in a single moment. See how far your support can go at unbound.org. Got a text from a friend. She says this, I was a senior in college on September 11th, and I remember watching it on the big TV in our dorm lobby. It struck me in a moment as I watched it all unfold that we were going to be the first class of students entering the workforce after everything had changed. And I remember wondering what that was going to look like. It was the moment where being an adult and living in the actual real world became a reality. Yeah, uh, I bet. I can't imagine what that would have been like, right? For a lot of people, there was those lines in the sand. And as a senior in college, yeah, because we took a hit. The economy took a huge hit after that. Everything changed in a heartbeat. So for people who don't think that evil is real, that the devil is real, Look at that. Look at all those different tendrils. And we can't use that as an easy excuse. Oh, that's just evil. We flip it away. Right? It's not like (laughs) flip. It's not Flip Wilson, right? No pun intended. The devil made me do it. Remember? If you were alive in the 60s, Flip Wilson. There's a personal responsibility for this. All of us are complicit in this. I think it's the nature of us being born in this world. What do they say? They call it original sin, right? That we come into this world. Well, always what's the response? And not to be trite. This is not the easy answer, but it's the true answer. To pray. To pray. To pray first for the darkness that surrounds our own lives. My life. My ugly sin that is always before me. It's always before me. I know it so well. Holy smokes. I know it like the fabric on the couch at my house. I'm so sick of it. So the response is to pray, to confess, and then to forgive. 
and to start over. Just like Jesus with the woman at the well. Go and sin no more. Eradicate evil in our own lives. We take the responsibility first as believers of Jesus Christ in our own life. Hey, thanks for being with us. Uh, the podcast is up uh, so maybe like an hour or so after we leave the air, if you're so interested. We'll see you tomorrow. Always a great pleasure. Truly it is to have you with us, to be together as the body of believers here in the city of Pittsburgh and Western Pennsylvania. Thanks so much. Have a great night. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Word FM and Salem Communications. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.